Welcome to the Eagle Eye Podcast. The number one show to bring you all things Club America in English. From tactical analysis to player updates. We've got you covered on all the latest news on Las Aguilas. Now, let's start the show. This is the Eagle Eye Podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, and welcome back to another episode of the Eagle Eye Podcast. Today, we're going to be recapping that loss against Pachuca, previewing the upcoming game against Mazatlan, talking everything going on in the world of the Sailors in America since today was quite a busy day. Um, and yeah, we got plenty and plenty to talk about on today's episode. Um, and joining me today to do so, talk all things America, is none other than my own beloved co host, Chris Rivera. Chris, how are you, my friend? I'm good. I'm good. Enjoying the the rain. I know it's been very rainy on our side of the world. Mm-hmm. Uh, for some reason, I have allergies. That's why I can't show my face because for some reason, I can't stop crying out of my left uh, eye. I don't know why, but but hey, you know, I'm ready to talk about America. Chris, don't lie to us. You, you have been crying nonstop since America lost to Pachuca. It's okay. It's okay to tell the truth. You know what they say, bro? They're papachuca to us. <laughs> papachuca, yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, we'll talk about that and as to why we, we, we lost to Papachuca. And I think it was it was one of those games where I think you could have walked away with a with a draw at least. Um it's, it's unfortunate that America ended up losing the way that they did with a couple of mistakes that led to that. But um yeah, I mean let's just get right into it. Papachuca, right? Uh, coming into this one. I, I we didn't really speak about it, but um, I don't know. I just had a feeling that this game was just not going to end well for us. I didn't necessarily think we we're going to lose this game, but I just thought Pachuca away, Hidalgo. It, it just it feels like with America struggling the way that they have been in recent games, it just feels like it was all culminating for us to have one of those games where you're just like, yeah, we aren't firing at full cylinder. And it showcased. I think this is an America game where the less we can reminisce, the better. Because honestly, it just felt like as far as the league form goes, even even a little bit in the Concacaf Champions League, it, things have just not been piling up well for America. Um, and and it just kind of all felt that it was all coming down to this moment. And unfortunately, at the end of the day, America ends up losing this game. So. I mean, I don't know. What, what's your takeaway from this one? Just very sloppy football. Uh, uh, the goals fell very Emilio Lara, you know? I feel like it could have been prevented. It's one of those things where you watch the game and it doesn't necessarily feel we were the, we were the worst team on the field, but we weren't the best either. You know? It feels like we're just sleepwalking. And that's all how all these games feel like. It just we're sleepwalking, and and it, and, it, and it annoys me because there's moments where I I do like what I see, and then we get to their side of the field, right, and nothing goes right. It, it feels like we've been dealing with this for for a while, honestly. Like I, I think the Liga, or at least the final against Tigres, you know, 
I don't want to discredit us. I don't want to be one of those negative fans, right? But it does make you wonder, well, how does the game go if, if uh, what was his name? Forgencio? Did I say his name right? The, the Tigres the player? Forgencio, or, yeah, yeah. If, if he doesn't get a red card, what happens? You know, if, if uh, Noel Guzman doesn't get a red card, what happens? Because it's, it, I'm not saying we're not deserving champions or anything. That, that's not my take. My take is more of the offense just looking lost out there. And and in that final, it just felt like, you know, we were a very balanced team, but not the team that would take the the opportunities that presents itself, you know. And I feel like that's what we're seeing with this America team. And I feel like we've been we saw that early on in, in Jardines' uh, time with them, right. I mean, early on we we're talking about hot seat, right? It's because America came from being one of these high scoring very aggressive team with, with Dan Ortiz. And you kind of said, you know what, you're bringing in students and Quiñones. We should, we should technically be scoring even more, right? Because he replaces Cabecita, who a lot of people don't like because he's either super hot or he's super cold. And that's just how, you know, I'm seeing it right now. It's just, why are we super cold right now? Why, why is Jardine maybe complicating things for the offense? Or is it just simply, you know, because I don't know if it's a chemistry thing either. You know, I, I think you had enough time to kind of solve that. But it just seems that whenever things do go right, we just don't take advantage of the opportunities in front of us. I think, um, I think you hit the, the nail on the head on that one. It just feels like it's a reoccurring thing with America. Um, and it's odd because we came from America doing so well in, in the latter half of last season, scoring goals after goals, kind of just getting themselves looking like prime Brazil, right? And that was the reoccurring joke in, in on America Twitter was, you know, this this Jardines side playing like prime Brazil. And it just seems that, you know, like you mentioned, it's a sleepwalking phase. America's in a slump. Like I, I, I've made this comparison or I made this analogy I think a little bit too often now this season. It feels like America just can't get themselves out of third year. Like they can get going and and they just kind of stop or they halt themselves in a moment. And and you just can't quite understand why. We have players that are capable of doing these things. We have players that are capable of carrying this team, you know, and, and they're just not showing up. They're they're they feel like they're playing like I don't know, at at, at half like at 50 or sometimes even 60% when we've seen them at 100. And I don't know how much this rotation has to do, and I don't know how much all these injuries play in, into a factor. We haven't really had a solid starting 11. Like, we haven't really had our best starting 11. That's probably the game against, what, Querétaro? And that's just kind of one of those things where you're just thinking, okay, like, we need to, we need to find some consistency here. And we just haven't been able to, whether it's been because of injuries, um, because of players not playing well, uh, or because of the fact that the manager just wants to rotate. Like, there's just been a lot of inconsistencies with this America side, starting from the starting 11, that kind of trickles over to what we see on the pitch. And I think that's one of those things where you just have to understand, like, okay, 
what is really going on here? And I don't think we've had an answer. And I don't think we're going to get an answer because from the looks of it, Hazine, I think, came out to say that he's going to continue to rotate and that he's going to continue to try to get minutes for these players. And, it, you know, on one hand, because of the fact that, you know, he has all these injuries. And on the other hand, too, is that he wants to give minutes to all these players. And it just feels like, it just feels like we're experimenting when we really shouldn't need to be experimenting for and that's the frustrating part about it, right? Because what is the first thing that Emilio says after winning the 14th? I want to keep everyone here, you know. We're going to add. We're not going to. If someone leaves, we're going to bring in someone better, right? And I don't have an issue with rotation, honestly. I think it's it's good to have rotation because I do think we have the quality to do that. But then you kind of have to judge it from a, from a coaching standpoint. Well, why are we making things super complicated, right? I mean, we're in our group chat, and I'm sure everyone else is having this conversation with their friends, families, or randoms on, on social media. And you're talking about this player isn't doing this, this player is doing that, you, you know, this and that. And how much of it is it on the player or is it on the coaching? You know, like, if, if you're in front of goal and your first thought is to, force a pass instead of shooting, who is that on, you know? I remember uh, uh, League's Cup. We had this conversation, Ivan, where I think it was again. Honestly, I forgot who we even played. I just know Columbus, right? I, who was the first thing we, we faced? In, we uh, played against St. Louis, and we, like, mopped the floor with them, and then... The, the game against St. Louis, right? Saint, yeah. The game against St. Louis. Remember we said this game could have easily been 7-0 if we really wanted to. And there was, I remember there were, there was, uh, there was parts of the game where it's like Quinones and Henry just kept on passing into each other inside the box and no one decided to shoot. I don't know if you remember that, but it feels mm-hmm. like we're kind of in the, in the, in that situation, right? I sometimes I see two people inside the box, three people inside the box, and instead of going for that cross, you know, hey, bro, I know we haven't had a, 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 a person that scores headers like crazy, like, you know, that minute, I can't even name, maybe Vinyas was the last person. I would probably say what even Peralta was the last person that we were comfortable saying for winning those 50-50 balls, but we're not even trying that. I see uh, Chicote or Sandejas on the wing or Kevin or whoever, and they see three people open, two people open, maybe it's a contested ball, they just pass it back, and it just becomes a mess, and then, you know, so I, I think the conversation from us fans should be more on the coaching. I know we're going to sit here and we're going to bash players, and it's normal, right? But to me, I see a lot of things being overly complicated by coaching that we saw last year. And hopefully Jardines really sits, you know, sits back and says, you know what, I'm complicating you again. Let me just let them do what they do individually, not, not force anything. And maybe we'll go back to the run that we had right after. I mean, who, who was it the first game that we that we had last year that we completely just said, oh, this is different? Was it Chivas? Cruz Azul? It was the Chivas I don't, game. I don't after the Chivas game, yeah. we really went just on a run, on a rampage. Because that Cruz Azul game, remember that we did not, we won it, but we didn't look our best. Yeah. So so hopefully, you know, there's a moment in this season because I'm still a believer in Jardine. But I do think sometimes coaches just get in their way, right? Where it's like, 
we're going to just pass, 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 and the opportunity is always going to present itself as long as we don't make errors. And sadly, there is players out there making errors, you know, and we could sit here and highlight them as well, but let's not overcomplicate. That's my thing. This is not overcomplicate things. Let's do what we did last season. And, you know, maybe the rotation is the reason why you're complicating things because you kind of want to be safe. But there has to be a point where you just have to say, you know what, I have to go back to what I was already doing. I don't know if it's so much overcomplicating things because you mentioned let's let's let these players do what they do individually, but these players individually speaking haven't been performing well. I mean, one prime example is Cabecita, right? Someone that you think has been dying for minutes but just doesn't seem like he's won any of them. I mean, you see right here, Ricardo put the Cabecita looks like he doesn't want to play for America anymore. He wants to go to MLS. And Miguel, uh, Miguel Meyer saying, yep, Cabecita was bad. He missed a low, uh, that open low curling shot that he usually nails. So it's just, it, it, and not just a single Cabecita, but I mean, Diego Valdez has been shockingly bad ever since the Liguilla. Like, he has not found his form. Uh, Quinones, you guys already know how I feel about him. Uh, Henry Martin, again, another player that, yes, I know he was ill. I know that he's been injured. But again, it, he hasn't looked his sharpest. And Nick has another prime example. Like, there's just a lot of variables here that I feel like, yes, I, I do understand that the coaching does have does play a role. And I would argue that I think we've, we've become too predictable. Um, I, I think teams know how to play against us. And, and that is my frustration because one of the things that a lot of people kind of highlighted, or at least the players did when Jardine was, was announced and incorporated into the team, was that this America side was going to be very versatile, that they were going to be able to adapt to different playing styles and that they weren't going to be so kind of rigged like they were under Tano. But I would make the argument that we just look the same. Like, like we don't have answers for these teams that know how to sit deep, block spaces. Like, all they have to do is force us wide. And if we cross the ball, like you mentioned, we don't have a real contender in there that's going to win the headers. So their defense is easily going to clear that out. And whenever we do try to kind of break the lines, play one, two quick passes, there just seems to be no creativity from our players to kind of unlock this defense. And I think that's where it goes back to, okay, yes, the manager plays a role and in setting up how this team plays, uh, but the, the players too need to kind of, you know, step it up and play to their game and to their level. And I think right now we're at a, we're at a crossroads here where the players aren't really understanding themselves and neither is the coaching staff kind of understanding the tactics perfectly on kind of how to break down these teams. And then we, we're coming up with like, you know, poor results in, in, in an America that looks like they're very much at like 50%. And so I think that's, that's one of the main factors. And I think that's one of the more frustrating factors because we all see it, but yet no one does anything about it. And it's not until, hopefully, this loss against Pachuca wakes them up and says, okay, our approach hasn't been working. It hasn't been working for the past couple of games. I would argue that Real Esteli game didn't really convince any of us in regards to that victory. And I don't think it should have convinced the players either. So now we're at a crossroads, like I mentioned, and now I, I really do want to see a much better side against, uh, against Mazatlan, right? We have this game coming up. And, and no discredit to Mazatlan. I know they pulled off a pretty good result against Chivas. So I know that they're going to come in and try to do something. But 
we're playing at home. We have to do our best and and kind of just blow them out of the water if possible. And take this as, as an opportunity to learn how to deal with teams that are going to sit back and kind of low block you. And, and how can you unlock a defense like that? And this is a perfect practice, perfect opportunity. So that way when you go and you play against these other teams that are not going to kind of go like for like, we're very great at exposing other teams that come and take the game to us just as much as we take the game to them because then that means we have spaces to kind of open into and they're not necessarily already waiting for us sitting back. And so I think that's kind of important to, to, to highlight. So we'll see. I, I, I really don't know what the answer is here for America. I like, just like you, I'm on Hardiness side until the moment uh, presents itself otherwise. But we need to find an answer. We need to find it quickly because this game against Pachuca cannot happen again, right? Um, and it's just unfortunate because the meme continues, right? Papa Pachuca and and the diff, the everything that, that we spoke about last season that we were all breaking these kind of curses it seems like it was all reverted back and now we're in that same position again where okay the stereotypical oh this happens at america all the time in these situations is happening again and chris i don't i don't think we can afford that because the more i look into it the more i'm thinking yeah this this side is 100 percent having communities oh yeah definitely you know and it's it's hard, right? It really maybe it is that, but at the same time, you kind of start thinking about other stuff, right? You start to think maybe it was a mistake not bringing in more quality players because let's be honest, you know, there's players on this team that we've been having questions not from just last year, not just now. We had questions about them for a while, right? Richard Sanchez, for example, right? Let's say Jonah at what is he, thirty three years old? What if he's finally on the decline, right? I'm sorry, but I don't trust research research scientists, right? Naveda, like, I don't know. I was a big Naveda fan when he first came out of the academy. Then he had his injury and he just hasn't been the same, you know? Do I trust a player like him? Well, he needs to kind of prove that before anything, you know? He hasn't really proven that. So for me, I kind of question maybe this window we should have let go of a Richard, right? Cabecita, right? You hear that he has an MLS offer. Well, if he leaves in April, right, or March, well, what are we doing not letting him go sooner, right? There was Cruz Azul interest. Why didn't we just say, you know what, he's leaving? It's the same thing with Leo Suarez, right? Like, I know you bring in Javairo, uh, and, and don't get me wrong, I have patience with him. I know a lot of people are saying he needs to come in, be a starter day one, a he speaks a different language. It's a different culture, new teammates, new system, new everything. Like, I don't care how, how talented you are. You have to adapt, right? So for me, I I'm have patience with them. I know a lot of people probably aren't going to have patience if he doesn't show out in the next two or three games. But for me, I have patience with them. But that should, that should have been a thing that when Nekaka was interested in those squads, okay, you know, go there. You're going to go to a team that's going to be fighting to go repetitive instead of a potential contender you know it just i don't know i'm not i'm i think if they were gonna stick to the idea that hey we're gonna stick with everyone they should have just stuck with everyone you know and not not do this because if cabecita is leaving 
well, who do you bring in, right? Everyone's talking Carlos Vela. Let's be honest, bro. He hates Mexico. <laughs> let's say he's not a realistic option, and neither at the price tag that he's going to be asking for. Like, why would we bring someone that is declining and give him that much money? It's just not smart, you know? And so for me, it's just one of those things where, like you said, maybe it is Campinitis. Maybe it is just simply these guys party too hard and and they're still crudos, right? Remember, some players came in kind of late to their to the preseason, right? To the point that they couldn't even start the 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 first week against Cholos. Hey, maybe, you know, but at the same time, we still had questions for some of these players. So, you know, I guess in the end, we're going to find out if Jardinek could fix this or we're going to stay here and say, hey, it was a mistake to keep all these players. You know, Banos or whoever runs all that should have let them go and had someone ready. And maybe in the summer we, we do that. But right now, Jardinek is the one that has to really fix things. And if we're still going to stick with rotations, you know, hey, like, let's make sure that, that you're understanding what the players feel and what they want to, you know. If they, if, if maybe they don't fit what you've been asking your starting 11 to do, right? I don't know, but I guess we'll see. We'll see what happens. We have a really tough road. You know, I, I've seen someone post the, the calendar, and it's uh, the, the next 20 days is Cruz Azul, Atlas, Chivas, Tigres, Chivas, Chivas. A role, yeah, like, it's uh, it's not it's not an easy tournament, and I mean, um, an easy turnaround, and also it's a lot of games coming in a very short period of time. Yeah, so and maybe the friendly against Cruz Azul is a good thing, you know. I don't know what is that before or after or during that. No, that's right. that's after everything. Oh, never mind. So, but either way, you know, like Janina needs to just. If your priority is Kaka, then you have to go all out. You don't have to worry about anything else, right? Because they made it clear that that was their priority. And and I think you, when you hear more of Harine, that is the priority because he said, right, the, the objective is to keep and to stay in the first top four spot of the league. And kind of hinting that, okay, if we drop all the way to fourth, we're okay. Like, that's kind of our safety net. Um which again, it's not something that you want to hear as an America fan. But look, if we're gonna put all our chips on that Concacaf Champions League, then okay, then we knew that this was gonna be kind of one of those things where, all right, we're gonna to have to suffer a little bit in the league, but ultimately it should pay off if at the end of the day we're lifting the trophy, right? Because if we do end up lifting the Concacaf Champions League and we qualify to the Liga in like fourth place, then I think all of us are looking at this one like, okay, fine, worth it, right? Worth every second of of the misery leading up that victory where we lift that trophy um that that long long coveted trophy that we have not been able to lift in such a long time so i do think that we're in this kind of situation where okay we need to kind of i don't want to say taper our our expectations our expectations in in regards to this team i don't think that's exactly what needs to happen but i do feel like okay let's let's kind of halt it for a little bit because look i think we all were praising Baños and America for kind of keeping the core structure of this team, right? Not a lot of players left. I think the biggest one that left was Leo Suarez, right? And we all kind of were like, okay, well, they bought in Javido and you thought like for like, kind of, maybe this guy's an upgrade. Cool. But now I think 
Midwestern Cholo saying, right, Banyu's did a terrible job in the winter market, in my opinion. And and that kind of comment keeps surfacing uh, in and around the Americanismo. Just like you mentioned right now, Chris, right? Like we should have done a better job, let these players go, brought in more better talent. Um, so again, we're at a crossroads here as fans. One moment we were praising this this side for keeping the core the core players, and now we're kind of in that situation where we're thinking, well, was that the best avenue for us to take? Maybe we should have gotten rid of this player. Maybe we should have gotten rid of that player. And so, um, you know, we're 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 sitting here and we're kind of nitpicking at it all when in reality, okay, it's not the worst place to be in right now. I mean, one loss and and I think what two draws and then the rest are wins. Like you're still in a pretty good spot in the table. It's still kind of early days into the season that I think, all right, a a good run would help America here out a lot. But like you mentioned, a lot of games coming up in these next couple uh, next couple of weeks that you're thinking, okay, you're not you're not gonna have a lot of wiggle room. So you can go on a pretty good run, but you're not going to go up against the easiest of players. So I, I think this Mazatlan game comes at a perfect moment for America, if I'm being completely honest. It means that we have an opportunity to kind of kickstart our season once again with a good, comfortable win against Mazatlan. And then it brings us to this game against Cruz Azul and where we try to kind of, again, take a, a step forward because if you beat Cruz Azul, a, a team that's kind of up there in the ranks right now, Again, you start feeling good, and, and, and that just catapults you because then you start thinking, okay, I need to start preparing for Chivas. I need to start preparing for Champions League. Yes, we have Tigres, and yes, we have um, these games coming up, but the most important part is being prepared for that Champions League game because there's going to be two very highly intense legs in where you're going to need to be playing at your utmost best, right? And so we'll see what happens from there on. Um, but yeah. Uh, it's it's an interesting time right now at America, and I don't know exactly whether things are necessarily going to start playing out for the better or for the worst. And I think Mazatlan is going to be a good indication. And again, not to say that we're going to read too much into that game, but it's a good stepping stone for America if we can get the points. And so then afterwards, focus focus on food. Um, but yeah, uh, you guys mentioned Javido, Chris. Uh, talk to me a little bit about the new signing. You like what you see from him? Um, I like how you put it. Uh, you tweeted this out, and I thought it was perfectly well put. Javido should have not been rushed to be a starter for this Pachuca game. Um, and I, I think I agree with you. I, 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 we saw sparks of him, and I think him coming off the bench was the best thing right now for him. I don't think it necessarily merited him to get a start. So, I don't know. What are your thoughts? It's just, he, he still needs to adapt, you know? It's a, it's a new team, it's a new country, it's a new team, it's new teammates. It's just, I think people's expectations are super high on him. And don't get me wrong, bro. Like, I mean, as much as I'm a believer in Sendejas and I'm an apologist to an extent, right? Because I'll sit here and tell you like, hey, what, what he does defensively and in the midfield is very key. A lot of things that people won't ever give a, a, any attack credit for. With that being said, Javido super talented, and I do think that eventually he will start. But in this game against Pachuca, he looked lost. He looked like he didn't really know what to do. 
he'd get the ball and he'd lose it, and he really wouldn't track back even when he'd lose it. Like, he just didn't seem comfortable out there. And I think we really need to just not push it, you know. It, it, if you push it, you're, you're going to, like, see someone's uh, confidence just go completely down, and, and that's not what we want. We need to let this guy develop into this, you know. I know that he started because of the, of the need of uh, Valdez, right? Valdez uh, was where to play. I don't think you see Sendejas or you don't see Javairo start. You see them on the right side. But you had to see Sendejas as a 10 because there's no one else that could play, even though I think Javairo probably would have done better as a 10 in this game than Sendejas. I think, you know, Javairo, like what I've seen, you know, he's super talented. I don't think we, he is a, a different player. When you see him cut in, when you see him shoot, right, he is this different talent. With that being said, you know, you got to look at it from a human standpoint. You know, he's barely getting used to his teammates. He's barely getting used to this country. He's barely getting used to this field. He's, he's everything. He's getting barely getting used to it. So for me, like, you know, you're going to see people, like, bash on him if he doesn't show out in the next two, three games, you know. But for me, it's like, you know what, let's, let's give the, the kid time. You know, he's going to do good. The talent's there. No one's going to sit here and tell me it's not. It's there, you know, but you just have to just be patient. You know, it's, like I said, it, just because he was he was already playing with Feyenoord, right, doesn't mean that it's not going to impact him from just everything. You really have to sit here and just let him, let, let, let him just adapt to, to, to being at the club. I agree that there has to be an adaptation period, right? And I think that's why I felt a little bit off to see him start right away. But I think you're right. It's because of the demand, right? Valdez went down. He felt like, okay, you needed someone to kind of slot into this team. And you felt that from his performances that he was given. Um, and I don't know, from probably from what we, they see in practice too. I mean, that, that plays a factor in it as well. So, yeah, it, it's going to be interesting. Um, but you're right. There's going to be criticism coming around for Javido if if he doesn't perform. Um, and a little bit of the criticism already started. I mean, a lot of people are already kind of talking about, you know, whether or not he should have started. Uh, Ricardo saying, you know, Javier's allergic to playing defense. And this is something that I think you can uh, attest to because Sendejas does it so well. And, uh, you know, this guy's not really tracking back as much as Sendejas does. Um, so, again, there's that adaptation period, understanding what the manager wants from you, understanding kind of the league, the play, your teammates, all of that. And that comes with time, of course. You know, there's, some of those players that are naturally gifted and can kind of adapt themselves in days, weeks. Um, and there's other players that just naturally need months. And so hopefully for Javido, he fits somewhere in between. Uh, and we get the best of him, you know, in, in these upcoming games because he's going to be detrimental in, 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 in these games against Chivas, right? In these three games against them. And he's going to get a lot of minutes and he's going to get a lot of looking. And I mean, what better way to do it than on, on the biggest stage Wearing an America jersey in a Clásico. So we'll see what happens with Javido. Again, I think it's just one of those things where we have to give him some time to adapt. Um, and then again, we'll, we'll see the best of, uh, uh, of the Dutchman. So we'll see what happens from, uh, from there. And Christopher Maria is saying, uh, Idrizzi from Pachuca had a similar period of adapting coming from uh, Feyenoord. So yeah, I mean, it's one of those things where, okay, give us some time, should adapt, and then we'll just take it from there. So we'll see what happens. Um, but with that said, anything else to add on in regards to this loss against Pachuca, Chris? 
No, nothing. I think we covered everything. It, it was a tough loss, you know. I think maybe we're not highlighting that, that it was a tough loss. Because they are a super young team. You know, on paper, we probably should have done way better than, than when we did because of the fact that we are champions, the fact that we have veterans on the team, the fact that just the fact that they're young, you know, and there's no discredit to them, but, you know, it's just one of those games where it just it happens. I will say this, though. Israel Reyes should never play center back ever again with this club and he should be a right back. And I know a lot of people are coming at Kevin Alvarez. Personally, I, I think Jardinet is not, or not, maybe it's not Jardinet, maybe just the staff overall. They, they didn't pay attention to Kevin Alvarez's injury because I don't know if you remember, but after the Congo Champions game, Champions League game, they said that they were going to let him rest a week and they put him for this game. I don't know why. To me, you, you got the same thing. If, if Israel Reyes is playing good as a, as a right back, let him, let him keep playing, right? If your starter is Kevin, cool, but you got to let him rest. You got to let him be healthy. Because in that, in one of, uh, which goal was it? I don't know if it was a goal or, or just, uh, there was a shot where Malagón blocked it. But it was a header from uh, what, what was that? Uh, Rondon is that is it Rondon the the yeah striker? Rondon where he he headers it and Malagón saves it, and right away I said you know what if that was Ramon Juarez he clears it because he beat he beat Israel like Israel was in front of him. There's no reason for Rondon to win that, but for whatever reason he beat him, and then Israel Reyes uh, I mean and uh, Malagón blocked it. For me, Ramon Juarez should be the star, the if he's not starting, he needs to be the second option, and and Israel Reyes should just stick to the to the to right back. I know a lot of people came at uh, Kevin Alvarez, but I will look at it from a human standpoint and say, you know what, this guy's coming from a serious injury where he was injecting himself. He's rusty. A lot of people also said it. You know, I, I we when he was in Pachuca, and there was always debates between him, uh, Jorge Sanchez, and and Julian uh, Alvarez, right? Uh, I would always say, you know what. Uh, I was, you know, I was always finding out, you know, none of these guys could defend, you know, I don't know why people would always hit on Jorge Sanchez, but to me, these other guys don't defend that well either. And we're kind of seeing it right now. He's not a great defender either, but let's also look at it from a human standpoint that he's coming from an injury. He was injecting himself from the pain, like, hey, you know, and, and the coaching staff needs to look at that and say, you know what, Rodriguez is doing good. We got rid of Lara for the same reason. The, the the next guy up did a better job to keep playing. I mean, it's not forcing, you know, because if, if we're forcing stuff and that's what causes these games, well, you know, we're going to just continue blaming the coaching staff. Yeah, absolutely. And I met Western Cholo saying he agrees with you, right? That worries him if an injury is serious and it takes time to heal. So I, I, I do hope that America doesn't rush. And, and look, this hasn't been a trending factor for Jardine or his coaching staff. They never really rushed these players, right? I mean, Henry's a perfect example. I felt like Henry's been more injured under this new coaching staff than he has been in any other um, uh, in any other coaching team that we've had. So, again, we'll see what happens. I agree with you. I think Israel Reyes on the right-hand side has looked well. Let's keep him there for the meantime until Kevin is back and, and he's gotten himself back into the rhythm of things. Um, and yeah, this quad situation is so weird. Like he's he's performed so well in almost every single game that he's been given. And yet this 
it, it seems like there's no confidence in him from a manager that really truly had a lot of confidence in him in San Luis. Um, so again, it's it's baffling to say the least. But yeah, we'll we'll see what happens. But yeah, a couple of mistakes, and, and unfortunately, America never really gets out of third gear, and and that's why uh that's why we end up losing against Papa Pachuca. So we'll uh, hopefully try to revert that. Uh, if and when we do see them again, either later down the road or probably next season. So we'll see what happens in, in, in that aspect. Um, but okay, Chris, that is America versus Pachuca, or better said, Pachuca versus America. A terrible loss, three points dropped in that sense. Um, and I guess we just gotta take it. We just gotta take our licking and keep on ticking. So we'll see what happens going moving forward for for America. Uh, but all right, before we talk Mazatlan and everything else, uh, let's talk about uh, a little bit of club news. This is quite a big, big day for America today as uh, they have gone uh, into the Mexican stock market. Twitter was going crazy. Um, but before I get into that, I'm just going to be releasing the bonus trivia question that we have for today's podcast. Uh, so make sure if you guys haven't done so already, you guys go click on that, um, answer the question. And hopefully round up the points. Trivia is getting interesting at the top of the table. There is like a good five, six names that are going back to back to back with questions answered, bonus questions. So really just take advantage of all these opportunities to get as many points on the board. Help yourself climb the table and get ready for this Thursday as we're going to be releasing the weekly trivia podcast over on our Twitter. So hopefully you guys are enjoying trivia. And this has been so much fun to do. And we can hopefully continue this for another month and a half as to when we get to April. So there it is, you guys. This is a bonus question uh, on the chat. And you guys can go click that link and go answer the question. And um, yeah. All right. Uh, talking Club America news. Uh, like I said, today, February 20th, was a big, huge day for America as they officially have been listed in the Mexican stock market. Um, and a lot of questions, a, a lot of false information on Twitter or on the internet, um, Chris, and, and <laughs> I feel like a lot of America fans hear about this and they're just kind of like, okay, so what does this mean or, 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 or what is this all about? And because of all the questions and because of all the misinformation, we're actually going to have a very special edition of the EY podcast where we're going to sit down, we're going to talk in regards to the details as to what this means for America, what does this mean for you as a fan going forward. Um, and there's just a lot of little intricate that kind of need explaining because there's a lot of misinformation that you find on the internet from sources that you would think are very much credible, uh, but come to find out they really aren't. So we'll go into the details of it all, but I just kind of wanted to give people kind of an idea of what's going on with America and the Mexican stock market. And that way, um, come Sunday when we record, we'll release the podcast on Monday. People can listen, have a better understanding and kind of know where this team is going forward in regards to this financial, uh, you know, new coming. And so, yeah, I mean, first of all, I want to hear your take, Chris. What, what did you think about everything going on today in the world of Las Aguas de la America? Seeing them in the stock market, hearing all these numbers, hearing all these terms that you just don't necessarily hear on a regular Tuesday when it comes to America. I'm going to be completely honest with you, brother. 
I'm completely ignorant when it comes to a lot of these things. Maybe <laughs> like I'll know stuff, right? It'll be like, oh, I didn't know I knew that. But for me, it's just more of a the fan side of things, right? Where it's just like, man, like now we could compete with like these big signing players, right? Like maybe if this happened during the whole Sergio Ramos thing, maybe we do get it finalized, right? It becomes one of those things where, you know, it's just going to be ran different, differently. There's, now it's going to really depend on people's money, right? So, like, all the all the complaints that we had about uh, Baños, like, hey, like, now there's going to be people coming at him saying, like, hey, the product that you're giving us is making me lose money. Like, I need you to boost it up and stuff, you know, or bring in better players. There's, if I'm not mistaken, it's probably going to be like a, a like a – what is it like a con council that that will say like suggest signings? I don't know if that's how it works. I'm sure we're gonna get into that on Sunday, but but I don't know. I just look at it from that perspective. When it comes to like me putting money and all that, bro, I don't know. I'm scared. What if I get on the wrong <laughs> the wrong website and <laughs> yeah, buy the wrong thing? <laughs> Some Nigerian prince has all your <laughs> yeah, has all your money. Yeah, yeah. See, like, no, yeah, but when it comes to all, like I said, I, I'm ignorant, but. But I have to just look at it from a fan standpoint. I'm excited. Now there's no really, you know, excuse for us to not finalize a big name. Or maybe there, there'll be competition. But now it's like we can compete with your Saudi Arabia's, I guess, or from that perspective. Yeah, I mean, from a fan perspective, this is very exciting. Like, like you should really look into this and be like, okay, like this is, this is really good, right? Like, exciting type of level where you're just like, all right, yes. Now, look, with with these type of things, there's always, um, it, there's always going to be these, these kind of fluctuations as to what really is going on with America and their finances. So just to kind of give you guys a quick rundown and, and, you know, we'll get into the more finer details of things this Sunday when we record and you guys will be able to hear that on Monday. But so, America is no longer under Televisa. Well, they are, but it's kind of a, a subsidiary kind of company. Now they're under the control of Oyamani, right? And guess who still owns Oyamani? Well, lo and behold, Escarraga. But America kind of falls into a bracket of different companies under Televisa with that name of Oyamani. So the stock that people are buying not necessarily just contains America. So when people are buying their stock, it's not necessarily, oh, I'm buying a piece of America. Technically, yes, but you're also buying a piece of the Estadio Azteca. You're also buying a piece of their, their casino, uh, of their magazine distribution. So it, it's a bunch of companies put in together and where, look, not all this money is necessarily going to be injected into America. I would assume a good chunk of it will be, but also a good chunk will be going towards the Estadio Azteca, which I think is going to have priority over America because of the remodeling, because of the World Cup. So, you know, there's kind of ups and downs with all of this. And yes, look, America is going to definitely benefit from all of this, but just understand and know that there is a lot of a lot of stuff working in the background, but it's not to say that you should you shouldn't be discouraged as a fan of what's going on. And also, I know a lot of people have been asking, well, how can I buy this? And I know there was a lot of mis information 
on on Twitter and on websites saying that America was going to be listed on the New York Stock Exchange and that they, you know, people are going to be able to buy stocks here in the States. That was 100% false. Do not believe any word that you hear from that. And I know that Fox Sports uh, mentioned it in an article. ESPN Deportes, I believe, uh, put some misinformation out there as well. So really, um, and, and look, this is not to say that we know it all, but just follow our advice, at least as far as what we give you guys, present you guys in information, and you guys will be up to date with everything. So uh, if you do want to purchase stocks, it is possible to do it here in the United States. You're just going to have to go through a brokerage that offers international trading. And I know for some of you, you're saying, what does that even mean? But look, it's just a quick Google. Just type in brokerages that offer international trade and you can just kind of go. It's simple. You just sign up and then you're eventually able to purchase stocks. Um, and then let's talk about the number real quickly about America uh, because it actually debuted with some really, really big um, skyrocketing prices in regards to how it was trending. Uh, so when I'm, when the stock market opened uh, in Mexico at, what was it, 8.30 local time, 8.30 in the morning, uh, America's stock was at 11, 11.50, right? Uh, 11 pesos, basically. Um, as it transcended and as the hours came going by, it kept rising and rising and rising and rise up to upwards of 160%. At one point, the highest, uh, the highest price, I think, was uh, 33, 34.50, actually. So 34 pesos and 50 cents. Um, that was the highest that it traded at. Um, and a total of 4,109 sale volume, which basically means that was, a, it got traded 4,109 times. So, um, look, it was a good, it was a good opening day for America in the stock market. It was pretty decent. I expect the stocks to kind of mediate and level out. And the way these things are going to be working going forward is, okay, the results on how America is doing are going to correlate with the price. And the more and the better that America does, the higher the stock is going to be, meaning when people are going to go in and invest, they buy it at a higher price range, right? If the results aren't coming in, and like you mentioned, Chris, if, if what America is doing isn't generating revenue, isn't really kind of making them stand out in a positive light, then the stock is going to drop, meaning less money is going to be kind of pumped into America when eventually more people trade the stock, when more people buying into it and all that good stuff. So it has its ups and its downs, but know that this is an added stream of revenue for America, meaning that they're still going to depend on all these other forms of revenue, right? Ticket sales, sponsors, uh, merchandise, player sales, all that good stuff. But now this stock market, now this, avenue of being listed on, on, on the stock market means that there is now an extra uh, sum of cash that's going to be flowing into America that you mentioned, Chris, is going to help America compete with these bigger names, with these bigger clubs to kind of attract these bigger names. And so the era of bombazos could be back in, 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 in a kind of a nutshell. So, I mean, we'll see. We'll absolutely see. And um, yeah. Well, we'll see what's going on. Uh, like I mentioned, we're going to go into detail. We're going to go in depth uh, with a very special episode that we're going to drop on Monday. And you guys are going to have hopefully all your, all your questions answered. Um, 
And if you guys have any questions whatsoever, tweet us, DM us, and we'll do our best to answer it to the best of our abilities. Um, and again, yeah, a promising day for America at the stock market. Uh, they had a whole kind of event at the, at the Mexican stock market. They took pictures, threw confetti. I thought it was the craziest thing. I've never really, <laughs> never really expected them to have uh, quite the party that they did. Uh, but yeah, the shares are are looking good. People are are buying them. Uh, it's trading at a very good price for uh, for a beginning stock. And uh, and yeah, Chris, what what more can we say? Who would have thought? <laughs> Who would have thought that we would have <laughs> been talking about all this, right? Remember, yeah, that, I remember when Nekaxa Nekaxa brought out their uh, crypto. Characters or whatever the hell. Yeah, they're <laughs> NFTs. Yeah. yeah, they're NFTs. You know, like hopefully we don't go that route. But <laughs> no, I don't. I don't think we would. It, it, it's not a. It's not a smart, uh, smart choice to go down that route right now with, uh, uh, with how flimsy NFTs have been in the past, uh, in the past year. Or so, uh, but I just want to mention uh, Midwestern Cholo saying um, Fidelity, uh, Charles, uh, Charles Schwab, and uh, TD. Uh, a merit trade are some good options to use. So those are some brokerages that you guys can use uh, to try and acquire some stocks for America. Uh, I personally am using Fidelity. Um, what I will tell you guys this right now, for those of you who want to use Fidelity, give them at least 24 hours. Or hopefully by the time you guys are listening to this, it's been all sorted out. I, I was on the phone with them this morning trying to acquire the stock. Um, it is kind of in their system to pull up, but it isn't necessarily available for purchase. Um, so they submitted a ticket in. Hopefully it's all been sorted out. So by the time that you guys are listening to this and trying to go through the Fidelity route, uh, that stock is going to be available for you guys to purchase. Um, and you guys can now own a piece of America and a couple of other things like the Sadistica, the uh, casino and all this other stuff. Um, but of course, the stock is under the name Aguila, so it's it's kind of marketed and kind of pushed towards Americanistas because again, the, America is going to be the one that benefits mostly out of this because that's honestly what the most most of the money is going to be used for once the stock is kind of finalized and done with. Um, so yeah, should be fun, should be interesting. And uh, Ricardo saying, Holland to America confirmed by the Eagle Eye podcast. I don't know if we can necessarily confirm it, but I think it's, uh, we'll give it a good 90% chance of happening. How about that? 90% with a, with a 10% chance of it falling through, Chris. Hey, what happened with the whole percent thing that you and Christian were talking about last time? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, with the... <laughs> That's all I'm going to say. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. With uh, the two percent chance that Fidalgo stays, and uh, he ended up staying, so it uh, we'll see what happens. But yeah, big day again, again for America in the stock market, and uh, yeah, I mean, other news for we have in regards to America. Um, you mentioned it. We do have a friendly coming up against Cruz Azul, so hashtag Tour Aguila is back here in the United States. Uh, for those of you who live in Southern California, like me, myself, and Chris. Uh, America is going to be coming down to Dignity Health Sports Park, the home of the LA Galaxy. And uh, that's going to be on March 28th. And uh, we'll be there to talk and cover the America game. So if you guys have a chance, tickets are on sale, I believe, already to the general public. Um, you guys can go purchase that either via Ticketmaster or Ticketon. No, not Ticketmaster. Excuse me. A, uh, A&X. 
or AXT. What is it, Chris? I, I, I always mess that one up. I think it is A and X, right? I just know there's an A and there's an X. I don't know what the middle middle letter is, but I think it is. I, I don't know if there's an E or an AND, but still, uh, just go down the Ticketone route. I think that's what the one they kind of push for the most part. Um, so yeah, that's going to be uh, coming up next month as well. Obviously, the international um, the international break is why America is doing all this, but still nice to see that they're going to be coming back here to the States. Nice to see that they're going to be coming to our backyard and uh, hopefully... Uh, a handful of you guys can go out there. We can see you guys uh, say hello and all that good stuff. And um, yeah, as far as what I have in regards to news for America, do you have anything else, Chris? Uh, I'm not sure we got to talk about the whole Cabecita thing. Did we? No, no, I don't think we, we, we've been able to. Obviously, right, the rumor is that uh, two MLS sides, unnamed MLS sides, um, I don't know if they've been named at the moment. I, I haven't really seen anything. I saw uh, Portland. But apparently, Portland. I saw okay. Portland. I don't forget. I think Atlanta was the other one, but I don't know. Okay, so, I mean, two sides that are looking to kind of acquire Cabecita. Will it get through? I would imagine that they would try to get this done as much as possible. Uh, Edgar saying Portland and Dallas. Portland and Dallas were the two teams. So you got Portland, right? Chris. Yeah. Thank you for correcting us there. Look, I don't know if this is going to go through. Um, it's a big, I, I would say it's a huge loss on us because as far as depth goes, he's a big piece. But I think Christian would argue that there isn't, uh, he hasn't really performed to the America standard. So, I mean, I don't know. Ricardo says it, right? Capsita one's out. You know, he, he's he's kind of plain in that in that sense. And, you know, I, I don't know. Do we part ways with him or not? It's going to be interesting. I mean, if the offer is there and it's a good offer, take it. I mean, the only unfortunate side is you don't really have a, a window to bring in anyone uh, because your window is technically closed. So the only viable option would be a free agent. Uh, and Chris, I don't know any of any good free agent available at the moment that has not been picked up. That could come to America. I looked through the list, bro, and I mean, if you're gonna bring out bring someone from outside, right? You're you're yeah. gonna uh, kind of have to wait for them to develop as well, right? To get adapted into the league. And like I said, Carlos Vela, you look at him. You're always gonna look at the name Carlos Vela because of just what Mexicans have done with his name, right? He's our savior. 2014, we would have won the World Cup if he would have not been rejecting Mexico. <laughs> yeah. We just painted uh, Carlos Vela as something I think that he isn't. With that being said, you know, I look at the list of free agents and he probably is the best player or at least the player that will probably adapt the, the fastest. And I don't know, man. I mean, you and I have talked about salaries before right we get into these conversations about salaries can we afford it can we not well how old is Carlos like 34 33 you're gonna be paying 2 million 3 million a year for a player that's 33 that isn't gonna come in starting you know he might want to but he'll probably give you a half a really good half and just not be good any, anywhere else right which reminds me of like the old Guatemo days right I don't know if you remember that when he'd only play like a half and he'd give you like the best half ever but you had to sub him out 
in the second half. Yeah, you had to take advantage of it or else it wasn't going to end. Yeah. And, and that's how it feels like right now with Carlos Vela. To me, it becomes, it's just, I don't know. Like, I understand the Cabecita slander. Like I said earlier, he's a player that, and he's cold, he's really cold, and when he's hot, he's really hot. But, I don't know. To me, tell him, hey, bro, like, their season starts late. You go join them later on. But what, what Jardines said was, Cabecita wants to stay. But he has a million thoughts going through his, his head right now. And I'm pretty sure when he means a million thoughts, he's talking about millions being offered to him. You know, and I don't necessarily <laughs> yeah. blame him either. You know, he's going to be a, a DP. He's going to be one of the highest. Yeah, he's going to give him good money. He's going to get good money. So I don't blame him, you know. But for us, I, say I, I wouldn't do uh-huh. it. Yeah, I same. Likewise, I, that's what I was going to say. Just don't, don't kind of. I mean, if the money's there, right, take it. Like, I'm not going to say don't take it because it would be ludicrous to kind of put, turn down so much money where, you know, probably in the, in the next market, you won't be able to sell them for that uh, in, within the league or a, a potential European team, which I don't think they would come in and offer that sum of cash. But like I said, on on the negative side of things, you don't really know what that's going to do and what, how that's going to affect your team going forward. I, I do feel like we do have enough depth to feel like, okay, we should be fine, but I think it's going to be a situation like Edgar was mentioning, right? We're going to regret it kind of like Leo Suarez. Um, so I, I think that we're in a situation where we're damned if we do and damned if we don't. Uh, like you mentioned, it, is Carlos Vela the answer? Probably not. Like you mentioned, 34 years old. Look, he is in the situation where he's not necessarily a free agent at the moment. He's going to be, but then, you know, there's talk about him potentially renewing. He has other offers than on the table for different MLS clubs, potentially Europe. What is going to happen? With kind of, he's up in the air, and I don't think America's crossed his mind whatsoever. So we'll see. I mean, we could be wrong. You never know. I mean, Capacita might be gone tomorrow, and by Friday, Lo and behold, Bella's being announced. So <laughs> it's going to be one of those things where, sure, there's a possibility, but I, I, I highly, highly doubt that it's going to be a viable option for America. And if it's not Villa, then who is it going to be? You know? So, it, again, so I, let, I, I know Chris. Let me ask you this. Let me, uh-huh. let me ask you this and let me ask everyone that's on the chat right now. How do you, do you guys walk in comfortable with Chava Reyes? And Mauro Linus, who let's remember, he got registered. Their third option, four options. They're not necessarily the next guy up, right? But worst case scenario, you kind of have to put them, one of them in. Are you guys comfortable with it? Are you comfortable with saying, you know what? They're not this quality talent, but they could do the job on a good Are you guys okay with it? Or is it one of those things where you're just like, that's not what got us to the dance. That's not what got us the fine that's not what got us to the championship. We gotta bring someone in because these are players that already had their opportunity and they weren't good enough, right? Like what are what is your guys' perspective on, on, on them being your third and fourth not even your second, but your third and fourth option. <laughs> well I think Midwestern Cholo said just give me Carlos Vela at fifty percent instead if you're gonna be putting in <laughs> those players. And I agree. I, I I don't think those players are suitable for America. They're not America quality esque. 
not even for a B team. So, yeah, it, it, it's not ideal. And for that reason, again, that's why I would argue, let's keep Cabecita, let's keep him in, uh, in, in the team and then kind of figure out his situation come summer. Because we need him, right? With all these games, all these rotations that are going to be doing, I just, I, I just feel like it's, it's the right move for America as far as the, the actual football goes rather than the strategic uh, financial decisions, which is, are two different things, right? So, again, I don't know. We'll see. 100% we'll see what happens. But, yeah, that's, the, that's kind of the news that we have right now going on with Cabecita. Will he stay? Will he go? At this point, we're not uh, we're not a hundred percent sure, so I guess we'll have to wait and see. Um, but all right, Chris, let's talk. Uh, let's briefly talk Mazatlanes. We're kind of running out of time here. Um, I kind of mentioned it and alluded to it. This is kind of a, a, an opportunity for America to kind of get back into the rhythm of things. Um, it's a good chance to kind of practice against a team that's going to give you that low block and kind of step back and force you to kind of try to open up their defense and, and really test your creativity. So from your perspective, from, from what you're seeing, what, what, what does this America side need to do that they haven't done in any other game prior to this one to really say, okay, yeah, you know, we're, we're going to be able to kind of break this side down. We're going to score a bunch of goals and we're going to get back to those winning ways where America was, and can still be this dominant force. Take advantage of every opportunity and create your opportunity. I think, like I said earlier, you know, early on, we we seem to overthink things. You know, like if there's a guy inside the box, go for it, cross it. You know, let's not do this pass back, pass back until someone's open. Because, like you said, if they're gonna sit back and just wait for someone, to just you know, a mistake, you know. Sometimes those odd mistakes don't happen. You're gonna have to force things, and even if you don't believe, you don't trust a, a Quinones headering the ball, or you don't trust uh, Sendejas crossing the ball, or or you're afraid of the counter, right? Which a lot of the times that's exactly what what ends up happening when you make these uh these risky uh chances, right? I think you just have to go for it. Masatran's gonna give you those opportunities, but like they they if they were to go toe to toe with us. I think that's a mistake, and a lot of the t- a lot of the times, these teams know that that they they can't go toe to toe, they can't go one v one with us because when it comes to quality, we're always gonna we're gonna be most of these teams when it comes to quality battles. So what are they gonna do? They're probably gonna sit back, they're gonna counter, they're gonna hit, they're gonna make things ugly, they're gonna make things frustrating. Okay, if that's the case, America needs to go and 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 look for these opportunities, force these opportunities. They have to go and cross the ball. They have to trust the uh, long shots, right? They have to just trust their talent and not overthink it because if they sit back, and Mazatlan sits back and says, we're cool with the 0-0. Zero, zero. We're never going to attack in this. Guess what? They're going to get that 0-0 zero, zero with the way we've been playing. So I, I what I want to see is just no more overthinking. If you're in front of goal, don't go for the pass. Shoot it, you know? The Sandejas, I'm looking at too because there's opportunities that you've had, right? Like as much as I I, def- I defend you for what you do defensively, I'm not going to defend you for the for the overthinking that you've been having for the past maybe months. 
where you're at goal and you go and try to cross it to someone that's not open, you know? Same thing, Quinones, right? Quinones like, needs to find, like, we've been talking about this for, what, the past three, four games where Quinones needs to show why he's the guy, why we, why he was so hyped, why him switching to Mexico was such a big deal. Like, he needs to go out there and show that. He needs to just let it go. Like, be the, 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 the star player that we've painted you to be because because there's no one else to look at when it comes to that, right? We're sitting, we're sitting here talking about Cabecita. We're talking about Brian Rodriguez. We're not looking at them the same way we look at you. So it's time that Quinones finally just goes out. Goes out, you know, shoots. Like, I'm not going to, if you miss shots, I'm not going to judge you for that. I will. But when you're, not, oh, you will, but I, I won't. Like, for me, <laughs> like, I'm okay. I'm okay if, if a player is, is, is always in, like, part of play, you know, because, there's players that truly go ghost, but for me, like if you're if you're gonna if you're gonna have these uh these games, you know, then let's take away the star and let's just look at you as just any other guy, you know. So I'm looking at him. It's gonna be tough to see if there's rotations or not, but that's the key to win. Just take advantage of everything and force things. I agree with you, and and I'll piggyback off what you said. You said a word that I think is is crucial for this American side come tomorrow. Risk, right? Risk. Take more risk. Take more chances. Take players on. Put yourselves in in positions where you have to do that 1v1 situation or else you're going to lose the ball and then they're going to get the counter. I want to see what these players are capable of doing. You're wearing an America jersey. I expect you to be able to juke at least one player on the defensive side of any team, right? Because that's who you are that you should be capable of doing that and so you're you're right a player like Sendejas right which we often see that he had flair he had opportunities to take players on and just he, he shies away from these chances and I think that's the most frustrating thing about it is you need to take more risks you need to take more chances I'm not necessarily saying that those risks have to necessarily accumulate the shots but they have to be in situations in where you're taking on a player you're beating a player yeah, I understand that you're not always going to be coming out on top in these situations, but I do want to see that effort that, okay, you're running at the defender. You're, you're kind of putting them on their toes and kind of throwing them off balance and then easily breaking down a defense because once that defense that's sitting so deep, once one player gets beaten, then the rest have to scramble to cover the space. And guess what? Now you have one, two players open in the box and boom, an opportunity for you to score a goal. So I agree with you, Chris. Risk is important. Taking more risk, more chances at kind of running at defenders. And hopefully, you know, things things kind of pan out for America in that sense. And as far as Quinones goes, yes, look. I know I bash on him a lot, but he can easily kind of turn it all around and be the poster child of this America. He can be the face of this America side. And that's huge coming from the fact that we know that Henry right now is the face of America knowing that Diego Valdez in his moment could be the face of America, but Quinones himself, he can be the poster child for this team. And so I, I, I do hope that he can find that rhythm, find that form. And I mentioned it week after week. I want to see that Quinones from Atlas. I want to see that Quinones that takes on players that does these wildly crazy things that gets you hype. A player that takes risks and tries to take on players and stuff like that. And, and I do hope that we see that because 
Inyonis can be a very good player when it comes to being in tight situations or in tight spaces. Just the way that Brian Rodriguez works perfectly in this America side because he's able to get himself out of situations like that because he's willing to take on players, because he's willing to kind of be a little bit more on the flair side of things and hopefully try to take a player on or two. So I want to see that more from America. I want to see opportunities and, and chances taken from your Quinones, from your Fidalgos, from uh, your Diego Valdez, who is not going to be in the starting 11, but I would assume get some minutes to try to get him in form and ready for the game against Cruz Azul. So a lot of things kind of have to fall in place for America. And I know it sounds like it's a huge kind of shopping list for them, but really in reality, it, it, it shouldn't be. And, and these players are capable of doing every single one of these things that we're mentioning. It's just the fact that they're not doing it is what's costing us right now. And so I do hope that as America progresses in the game, they manage it properly. Obviously, we know we're a side that we like to hold on to the ball position, that we'd like to play um, kind of these one-two passes. And so do that, but elevate your game, right? Finally get it at a third gear, hit it into fourth, and start scoring goals, start looking like that more well-rounded side. I would hate for this game to end 2-0 for America to walk away with these three points and be like, well, it's one of, another one of those situations where we scored early on, Never really had an answer. And then like after the 75th, 80th minute, we find ourselves another goal and just kind of call it a day. Like I want to see an America side that is consistently kind of going at Mazatlan, stepping on their throat, taking chances after chances after chances. You remember last season, we beat them 6-0 at our home. Now, do I expect them to kind of play the same way and we're going to win 6-0? No, but it's doable. And that's what I'm trying to convey is that this America side is capable of not just scoring six, but more on this Mazatlan side when all, when everything is kind of working together, when all the gears are going, this America side is in, unstoppable in all aspects. Um, so Edgar's asking, is this a home or an away game? It's a home game. So the game's going to be at uh, 7 p.m. Pacific time, 9 central, 10 eastern. Uh, it's going to be played at the Estadio Azteca, Chris, funny enough. Um, when are we going to be at the, out of the Estadio Azteca? I am not too sure. Look, every week we hear something different. Um, so at the moment, let's just enjoy the fact that America is going to be playing at the Azteca. Um, so let's see what happens, Chris. Absolutely excited for tomorrow's game and hopefully, hopefully it's, a, it, it's a good one for us. Yeah. Yeah, hopefully it's a good one, and hopefully we find that spark, man. Because like I said earlier, like we can't be sleepwalking in these games anymore. Because that's what it looks like, man. It looks like we're not we're there, but not there. And we have too much quality in individual players to continue continuously just look asleep. You know, it's a week, weekday game. A lot of the times, that's how games look like, right, during the weekdays. But hey, you know, hopefully we, we walk away with a comfortable win. Absolutely. And like, th again, this this is a perfect uh, a game midweek, get you ready to kind of get your mindset into that because you have a couple of midweek games going on against Chivas, which are going to be super important, super detrimental. So you might as well start practicing firing on all cylinders every other day. So it's a tough ask for America. It, it, always a tough ask whenever you have to go midweek and kind of do it at 100% and then again on the weekend and on the midweek and so so forth and, um, so, far and so forth. So 
we'll see what happens. Again, should be a good one. Um, and yeah, let's uh, let's see what happens. Ricardo saying Mazatlan will crumble 4-0 bucket. So Ricardo very confident in that one. He's also saying Ivan has a baby bathtub in the background. I do actually. We we just showered him. Um, so uh, we just kind of threw it back there, just kind of in the mix of it. Also, you guys can enjoy uh, my son's bathtub right there. No, we'll get that all sorted out for next week. Uh, uh, podcast. But uh, give me your prediction, Chris, for uh for the game on uh, tomorrow. I'm going two one. I feel like we still oh, wow. see it kind of completely hyped it up, and you're gonna give me a two one. Oh, I, look. What I want them to do and what I kind of expect are two different things, right? I do think we're going to see kind of that slump, you know, that, that sleepwalking. I, I, I don't think, I, I think we, we see a different team against Cruz Azul. That's where I'm more hopeful for because I think stylistically that's a team that's going to kind of force you to wake up just with the way Cruz Azul is playing. Mazatlan, I'm not saying I'm not gonna sit here and underestimate them, but I just don't think they're gonna go out there with the with the thought of thinking they're superior enough to, to beat us. So I think America wins a two one. I think a goal gets scored and we get woken up type thing. But I, I just don't think a weekday game against Mazatlan was exactly gonna wake us up completely. So I'll go with a two one. All right. Well, you make a you make a compelling argument. We'll see whether or not I'm a little bit more optimistic here, which is kind of a rare thing for me to say. Um, and I do think that the America side is capable of kind of besting Mazatlan and finding that spark again. Um, and look, I know that it's going to come with rotations, but I I don't know. I I sense that something's finally going to click for this side, and hopefully, it means that America walks away with not just the three points, but a, a very compelling win that will kind of push us and edges onto the game against Cruz Azul and where we're all going to be like, okay, we're finally starting to see America kick into gear, which is going to be important because that Cruz Azul game is not going to be easy. So we'll see what happens. Um, Chris Ramirez saying 3-1, lock it in. So locking in all our scores here. I'm going with, I'm going 3-0. I'm going optimistic. I think we're capable of doing, we're capable of scoring goals, looking good and just leave it at that. America 3, Mazatlan 0. Let's uh, hopefully get a good result and then kind of keep it, kind of keep it going because like I mentioned, the game's come thick and fast for America. So we'll see what happens. Um, but yeah, like I mentioned, that game's going to be on uh, 2DN and Uni. So if you guys want to watch that, uh, you, your guys' source of watching that is going to be that. Edgar's saying 2-1 to one for America. So he joins you, Chris, on uh, that aspect of America winning by a small margin. So we'll see what happens there. Anything else to add on before we wrap it up here? No, I think that that's all. There's not, it's not too hectic outside of the stock world, right? So that's it. Yeah, my you know, head told from, you that. from everything uh, stock market related. <laughs> I, I have learned new terms that I have never ne- known in my entire life. Um, in the past couple of uh, weeks, so uh, yeah, I think it's, it's it's time to go home. Uh, it's time to go, uh, just kind of wrap it up, go to bed, and kind of rest, and then uh, know that uh, America did well in the stock market, and hopefully, 
Dominica does well against Mazatlan tomorrow. Yeah, hopefully, man, or else they're going to be playing the Banda Recall. Oh, no, we're, we're at home. Never mind. <laughs> they're not. Yeah, no. Yeah. We're, so, we're at home. Yeah. We're going to be good. We're going to be fine. We're going to be good. In, in Jardine, yeah. we must try. Hopefully. We'll see. Ricardo saying, Ivan, the Wolf of Wall Street. I feel like that. I'm not going to lie to you. I feel very Wolf of Wall Street after every, everything I've learned. Um, but yeah, that, uh, that's pretty much it. Uh, but all right, we'll wrap it up here. Make sure you guys follow us on Twitter. Uh, we'll keep you guys up to date with everything going on in the world of America, as we did today with the stock market and everything else. Um, and then tomorrow, we'll keep you guys up to date with, again, America versus Mazatlan. AJ's going to have some gifts ready. That isn't if he, if, if he falls asleep like the last game, Chris. <laughs> he, was all, he was so hot that Henry Martin went in that he knocked out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the excitement was too much. He couldn't contain it. He had to go to sleep. Um, uh, but I do feel for the guys over there because their games are so later. Like for us, it's like it's a seven o'clock game. Like you know, big whoop doo doo. So <laughs> He's in the chat. AJ is like putting me on blast. Yeah, absolutely, AJ. But hey, AJ, we love you. Thank you so much for all the hard work you put in. I know that uh, our listeners and our followers appreciate all the gifts and all the goal reactions. Um, so you know, I'm sure we're all gonna be tuning in tomorrow to see whether or not AJ makes it for the entirety of the America versus Mazatlan game. So hopefully there's a couple of goals to keep them awake. Um, with that said, Chris, thank you so much for taking out the time and talking all things Club America. We'll be back on uh, next week to talk uh, talk more America stuff. And then I guess we'll, we'll speak in, during the weekend as well as we have a very special podcast to record. Yes, sir. And I'll be here on the next podcast to talk about how Kazul is in arrival again. <laughs> It, how it's uh, <laughs> yeah. made up hatred from their side. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. As Mbappe would say, I will be there. Absolutely. Alrighty then. Well, we'll wrap it up here. Thank you guys so much uh, for everyone, uh, all the listeners, everyone that's interacting, whether it was Ricardo, AJ, Chris, uh, Edgar, Midwestern Cholo. Um, thank you so much to all of you guys. If I'm missing anyone, uh, my apologies. M- Miguel Myers as well. So again, thank you guys so much. It's been great. It's been fun. Um, and hopefully we get to do it again next week. Talk all things to America. With that said, you guys have a wonderful time. Take care. And as always, Arriba America. Ladies and gentlemen, this was another production of the Eagle Eye Podcast. The number one source for all things Club America in English. Make sure to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Eagle Eye Podcast and get all the latest news and coverage. And subscribe to our podcast wherever it is you may listen.